0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Hope Sessions podcast. My name is Kristen Torres, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor at Hope Christian Counseling in Boca Raton, Florida. I'm really glad you decided to join me again. I'm continuing my series in the Psalms, and today we're going to be talking about some key points from my blog titled Guilt and Shame. I hope that you'll be encouraged and that you may even consider a different perspective about your life or your situation. Before we get started, please remember anything I say on this podcast does not constitute or take the place of advice from your doctor or therapist, or maybe you're looking for a therapist. If you're in Florida, please feel free to visit my website to schedule an appointment at hccounseling.com or feel free to call me at 954-376-4994. There's also a link on the hope-sessions.com site. I'd be happy to work with you or help you find someone else who can help if it's not me. All right, let's get started. I've chosen three points for my blog that I'd like to focus in on today. First off, I think it goes without saying that we will all make mistakes and at times feel guilty about what we've done and the choices we've made. That's a given. However, when we cross over from feeling regret and remorse for something we did into shame, then we have a deeper issue. The feelings can make us sick emotionally and even physically. Guilt is appropriate and urges us to confess or ask for forgiveness. Shame, though, makes us hide There is a difference between the two. A simple way to understand the difference is that guilt says I did something wrong while shame says I am something wrong. Do you see that difference? My second point is, And we're going to visit um, the Psalms here. Psalm 32, verses 3 through 5, we have King David talking about his own guilt, the heavy burden he felt before confessing what he had done wrong, and the relief he felt afterwards. We'll start here again, Psalm 32 verses three through five. Starting at verse three, he says, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Selah. Then he goes on to verses five. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me the iniquity of my sin. Selah. In the first two verses, David gives a vivid physical description here of struggling with his sin and guilt. He says that his bones wasted away when he kept silent. When he did not confess his sins, when he didn't talk about his guilt, what he had done, His bones were wasting away. He describes carrying the weight of his guilt as God's hand being heavy upon him. Can you relate to feeling like this? Have you carried guilt around for too long? Are you carrying guilt around now? Something you know you need to confess? or ask forgiveness for, but maybe it's felt like too much to face, or maybe the guilt has been there so long, it has turned into shame, which is destructive and like poison to our hearts and I'll expand on that more in a few minutes. I think it's possible, though, that God does keep his hand heavy upon us when we have something we need to confess or come clean about to prevent the guilt from turning into shame and harming us. But David gives us the solution here to being burdened and weighed down by guilt. It's confession, not covering it up, running away, denying, avoiding, rationalizing, overcompensating, but instead confessing. We can be so creative in our avoidance of confessing guilt. I know I've done this myself. Confession is uncomfortable, and sometimes even anxiety producing but on the other side of it it is not not is not only found relief but a promise from god that he will forgive the iniquity of our sins just as david describes in verse 5 above what a beautiful promise this is there's safety in coming to god with the wrong things that we've done he promises to forgive us number 3 my third point here is now about shame. We can experience shame for many different reasons. And this particular shame that I'm talking about today is tied in with guilt. This isn't the shame that can come from um, experiencing abuse, because in that situation, there's nothing to feel guilty about. That was something done to you. I'm talking here about the shame that, that is tied to guilt, and it comes from a mistake that you've made. It's the feeling here of being dirty, ugly, fundamentally wrong, broken, worse than anyone else, alone. Shame makes us hide out for fear of light or exposure. We're afraid we'll be found to be all the terrible things we believe that we are. And you see, of course, that's why the the hiding is perpetuated because we're afraid to look at ourselves. We're afraid someone else will find us out. And that's why in shame we hide. Shame when it's tied with guilt comes from sitting in guilt for too long. It's not always clear that it's shame though. Sometimes when someone has been sitting in unconfessed sin and guilt for so long, they've built a whole life around it. Overcompensating, for what they've done in order to avoid the shame they have deep in their hearts about themselves. It's become so terrifying to look inward. It's as if they're involved in a perpetual juggling act to make sure no one really sees them for who they are, including themselves. Have you ever seen someone go through this? Does this describe you? Do you feel like you're running away from yourself, from the fear of who you think you are? But let me tell you here, there is hope. There is a way out. We're going to jump over to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. It says here, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. This verse starts with an invitation. God invites us to reason with him, to talk with him about what he's going to say. Then he goes on to the promise, whatever we have done will be washed away fully and completely. He will make it as if what we did never happened. In Matthew Henry's commentary, which was written in 1708 to 1710, he describes the verse this way. He says, Though our sins have been as scarlet and crimson, a deep dye, a double dye, first in the wool of original corruption and afterwards in the many threads of actual transgression, though we have often dipped into sin by many backslidings, yet pardoning mercy will take out the stain. So if our sins have had the deepest cleanse possible done by God himself, through the sacrifice of Jesus, who are we to hold on to them, to uh, allow the mistakes we have made to define us? And this, I think holding on to them has many reasons. Sometimes it's us, sometimes it's the people around us, the people who we have hurt, who won't let us forget what we have done, which is why we have to cling so much more to the promises of God, because that is what is actually true. Yes, we may have hurt someone deeply, but God has ultimately forgiven us. And if we, have, if we have confessed what we have done and we have asked for forgiveness and that person still chooses not to forgive us, the reality is it's no longer on us. Now, I think we have to be patient at times with people's own process of forgiveness. But if someone chooses to hold that over us, That is their choice, but we don't necessarily have to be in relationship with that person anymore. Because again, if we go back to the truth of God's words, He says that He has forgiven us. So I ask you here, I challenge you if you are a Christian, if you relate with feeling shame, with hiding, with feeling alone, like you were the worst person in the world and without hope, the feelings themselves are real. But they are not based on your true standing in Jesus. They are based on lies. God promises forgiveness to us and complete cleansing. What you you have done no longer defines you. Though your sins are like scarlet, as Isaiah says, they will be as white as snow. Accepting our identity as forgiven people can be challenging, particularly if you felt guilty and full of shame for a long time, but it is possible to have this truth become your reality, your identity. One of the simplest and most powerful ways is by writing on paper the lies you have been believing and next to them, replacing them with scripture, which is the truth. Each time you struggle with shame, when the lies come back, you go back to the verse that speaks the truth. Eventually, these words will become your default, your identity. You will be believing truth instead of lies. If you're struggling today, and if you've tried all you can, and you're still bound up in guilt and shame, please reach out to a trusted pastor or therapist or close friend. As I've said before, we're here to help. You're not alone. That's the end of our message for today. I encourage you to check back in next week as we continue our journey through the Psalms.